Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 88th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Alex Guest, Director of Game, Entertainment, and Production for the Greenville Drive. Make sure to go back and listen through the catalog, everybody. I know I say this every week, but there really is something back there for everyone. Um, 86 other great episodes in the catalog. Go back and listen. They're not super time sensitive, so um, there for your enjoyment. If you want a shout out, uh, it's super easy and it helps us out a lot. Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts, turns more people into listeners or members of the TARP crew. In case you missed it, I finally decided to make a designated Twitter account for the podcast, so go ahead and follow that at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about coming on as a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. Hint, hint. Uh, speaking of the Pulling Tarp Podcast Twitter account, we have now gotten to over 200 followers and I will seriously look into getting some sort of merchandise here soon. Um, if you guys have any suggestions or ideas for merchandise, um, I, I do have a platform that was suggested to me. But uh, please reach out and enlighten me with, with any merch ideas. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. With that all being said... Let's get to our chat with Alex Guest. Alex, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. How does it feel to correctly predict the 2021 World Series champion Braves five years ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's kind of it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, you know, also I uh, just kind of tweeted that out, and also in that same tweet, I uh, took a gander and. Uh, predicted the Yankees to win in 2019, and obviously that did not happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was um, at that point in time, I had taken some time off from school, so I was actually finishing up my senior year of college, and it was the day after the Cubs had broken the curse and won the series, and I just kind of was like, you know what? The Yankees are going to win it in 19, and two years later, the Braves are going to shock the world, and so I was just like, whatever, let's let's do it. And if if they hit, then if not, then I'll just unpin the tweet and act like it never happened. So. <laughs> that's the, that's the best thing about Twitter. You know, you can 
go back, you can delete it, you can un- unpin it, you can pretend like it never happened. But in this in this instant, you, it did happen. So uh, kudos to you for that. I don't know if anybody could have really predicted that five years ago. I mean, I, I through the season, I predicted it this year. So I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, there there were there have been some rough spots within the last five years in, the, in that organization. But you know, I mean, chop on, I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I, I know you tweet about your, your fantasy team, um, and everybody's fantasy team is, is usually in the shitter, right? Um, but how's, how's your fantasy team doing this year? Yeah, so, um, it's funny because I work for a minor league baseball team, but I, I cannot get into fantasy baseball. I can't The only fantasy that I really can get into is football, um, but my, uh, I'm in two leagues. Uh, I'm in a work league, which I am one and seven right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in another league with some folks that I used to work with, and I am seven and one in that league. So I, I guess I've got the the best of both worlds. Uh, I mean, my <laughs> the work league, I just it's a twelve team league, and I can't seem to pick up the right player at the right time. So yeah. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I mean, like, fantasy baseball isn't friendly to those that work in baseball, right? Because you have to, like, sure. you have to update your roster literally every day. And um, <laughs> and and when you're putting in those long hours in the summertime, it just doesn't really, like, work out. Like, I can never right. stay, like, up to date on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm actually in a... I'm in a fantasy basketball league um, with a mutual friend of ours, Timmy Hines, um, and right. that's that's enough, man. Like it's just like <laughs> it's it's like you got it. You literally got to check it every single day. And I sure. mean, I mean, I'm to the point in fantasy football where like I listen to like a fantasy football podcast like every day during the season. Like I'm I'm trying to stay on top of it. I'm trying to right. to to win some money here, but. Um, yeah, fantasy baseball is just, just too much for me. I, I, I couldn't get into it either. So I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, so how do you balance a family life and and doing freelance broadcasting outside of working for the drive full time? I, I I don't think I'll ever understand how you, how you cram all that in there. No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very good question. Um, you know, obviously since, since I work in minor league baseball, um, my, uh, you know, that comes first, that's first and foremost. So anytime I'm needed at the stadium for anything, you know, that's obviously, yeah, I'll be there, whatever. Right. Um, but then, uh, so just got married over the summer, actually middle of the season. Okay. Uh, we had a a game day that uh, that day so that was that was fun to work through taking three days off of work in the middle of a homestand but um it was uh you know my so my wife actually um she is at the stadium a lot um she actually picked up this season sweet serving on our, oh, uh, in cool. our luxury suite level. So nice. ran into her a lot. We, we kind of crossed paths a lot. And it, just kind of nice to have her there. And, 
um, be able to just say, hey, how you doing? Hope you had a great day. I got to go run. Got to go get down to the field for our anthem or whatever. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, we also, even though we don't drive to the stadium together, I'm already there. We do drive home at the same time. So okay. I'll call her, you know, all that. We'll kind of get our talks in, stuff like that. Yeah. And doing the broadcasting thing, just freelance broadcast, I do it for uh, a couple of local colleges here okay. uh, in the area just strictly for football season. All right. Um, so, and she actually travels with me to those games. Oh. And at one of the colleges, she ends up being the red hat um, oh, every okay. game. So, uh, again, that's one of those where we, we travel together and kind of get, kind of spend that time together. But it really, I mean, if she weren't traveling with me to those football games or weren't working at the stadium, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at, at, during those long, grueling nights, I, it, it would be very difficult to maintain the family life. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I mean, it's spending 14 hours a day at the, at the ballpark during the summer, and she teaches, so summer times are her days off, and then once once the baseball season's over, she's in school. So right. it, it's, like like I said, if she's not there during the during the summer, it would be very difficult to kind of maintain that family family life as well as working full time and, and and then broadcasting on the side. Yeah, see, my my wife is is a hard pass on on the sports stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like like even like if she walks into the room and like I'm watching sports, she's like, "Do we, do we have to watch this?" And sure. um, so. So basically when, and I was already thinking about getting out of working in minor league baseball anyways because of the long hours and it's not a great industry to make, to make a good living. Um, it, it honestly depends on what organization you're in, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, it just wasn't panning out for, for me. So I, but you know, shortly after we got engaged is when I got out of, um, baseball. So, um, yeah, got out in November of 2019. So, yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I definitely got lucky with my wife. She was a a three sport athlete in high school, played, uh, soccer, basketball and volleyball. Okay. And went on to play volleyball at the division one collegiate level at Furman university. So she, she gets into sports. Her mom was a all world softball player. Back Jeez. in the '70s, so she, you know, anything that involves a ball and and a bat or anything like that, she is definitely definitely gets into it. So awesome that that also helps in that you know we can sit down and watch a a baseball or football game together, and she's she gets into it more than I do most <laughs> of the time. So there you go. All right. I, so I just recently got into um, in Delaware. You can you can gamble on the games. I don't know if you can okay. in South Carolina, but like so I go I go to the bar because you can't do it on the app yet, like online. Like you sure. you have to do it in person. And so I I go to the bar, you know, like ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Put in my tickets. You know, I haven't won anything yet. I've come darn close, but like I've only been doing it for like three weeks. And, um, right. I, I was telling my wife, you know, she, she likes the ambiance of football Sunday, you know, she like she likes the appetizers, she likes the drinks, you know, and, um, I was, sure. I was like, 
I was like, babe, you should you should come with me, put some skin on the games. Maybe maybe you'll get into it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, gotta get her out. I mean, she might be the lucky charm, you know. Yeah. You've gotten close, you just need her there. And... Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so, what's it like working with one of my former co-workers and former Pulling Tart podcast guest, um, great friend of mine, he was a groomsman at my wedding, uh, Timmy Hines. Oh my gosh, Timmy is, uh, Timmy's a character, mm. um. I mean, he he is definitely uh, he's a great guy. I mean, he yeah. he gets I mean, for lack of better terms, he gets shit done. You know, yep. I mean, he he will um, if if something's broken in the stadium or something needs painting, like there's a scuff on a wall, he's got the paintbrush out there and he's ready to go. I mean, mm-hmm. he is definitely uh, a jack of all trades, that's for sure. Um, but he, I mean, he he's a he's a character. He'll come. He'll come around the office and uh, just two weeks ago actually sent out a uh, a, a league invite for uh, a, basically a, a sports league um, basketball league that he was putting together. So okay, um, he's always trying to. Uh, seems like he's always trying to get a group of guys together, go out for drinks or playing basketball on Wednesday nights or whatever you know. Yeah, so he, he's definitely. Um, yeah, I mean. He, God, you know better than anybody, but <laughs> yeah. he is, uh, he, he's a good, he's a good guy. I mean, he'll just, he'll, he's the first one to invite anybody out. Like, Hey, let's go grab drinks after this game. And it's like, Timmy, we've been here 16 hours. You really want to go out and get drinks now? <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he's the first one to ask you to do that. And he's like the last one to leave once it's all said and done. So. Yep. Yeah. He, he is there at the stadium all the time. Um, one yeah. of the one of the hardest workers, and he has he has the most entertaining stories. I think. Um, oh yeah, he's he's got so many good stories, and um, and great friend. He'll he'll do anything for you. So, um, but yeah, he's he's a funny guy, and I I'm I'm jealous that you get to still work with him on a day to day basis. Honestly, I I worked with him for two years um, when his his oldest son. Uh, was just getting ready to learn how to walk. Um, sure. So, yeah, it was so good times over there in Beloit, Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's a good guy for sure. Yeah, you know we. So you know our front offices are really separate from the stadium. There, uh-huh. right? Um, our front officers are in the uh, in in basically the field house is what we call it the field house building. Um, out beyond the left field green monster wall. Yeah. Um, so we are, but then Timmy's office uh, and stadium ops is actually within the stadium. So, you know, we really don't, those of us that are in the front office year round really don't run into it much. Unless okay. We're kind of making, making our rounds through the stadium. You know, I, I'm in charge of all of our AV stuff within the stadium. So, you know, I'm always going through and if there's a, something that, you know, if I go through and see that there's a sweet screen that's lost power or something like that, hey Timmy, yep. I need you at Sweet Seventeen or whatever. So, um, you, know, you know, those are kind of the interactions that that I really get with Timmy. But um, yeah, he's when when you do interact with him or when it's going out and grabbing drinks after a, a long day or something, it, it, it's always a fun time. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Uh, speaking of the green monster, how cool is it to have your own green monster at your work every day? That is super cool. Um, I traverse the green monster every day. Oh, yeah. uh, the, uh, like I mentioned, our, our building, our front office is back behind that. And on the, um, we, we just added seats to the top of the green monster prior to the 2017 season. Oh, cool. Um, so for the 10 years prior to that, there were no seats there. There was no access from the ballpark to that building, which at the time um, were not front offices. Okay. Um, so 2017 was kind of when all of that transition was made, front offices moved to the second floor of that building and all. So we actually have a little um, ramp that goes from the second floor of that building out onto the Green Monster. Ooh that kind of puts you into the ballpark from our stadium or from our front offices. Nice. Um, so you're, you, you really kind of get that Boston feel of mm-hmm. being on top of the monster. But then, you know, the, the really cool part is when you are walking through the stadium, you have people like peering through the gates and they're like, Oh, I, I hear it has a miniature green monster. I, that, that's really all I want to see. Can I come in and take a picture of that? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll let you in. Walk the five feet over here. Take a picture. So yeah. that's uh, that's the cool thing, and everybody's always um, wanting to see inside of it and all of that stuff. So that it's cool to kind of have that uh, feel of Boston, uh, especially for those folks that are from Boston or have been to games in Boston, and, and they come in to to Floor Field and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is literally a miniature yeah. midway." Yeah, it's kind of crazy, like. Like, I, I mean, clearly each team has their own affiliates and that kind of stuff. And they're not always geographically, you know, close to the affiliate. Like, like Timmy and I worked sure. for a team in Wisconsin that was affiliated with the Oakland A's. But, it, but it's right. really cool that you guys, so you guys have been a Boston affiliate for a long time. And so they've kept that affiliation and enough to, that they you know, the partnership strong enough that they felt the need to model the stadium like Fenway and put a miniature green monster in there. That's pretty freaking cool. Like, even though you guys are in South Carolina, like, I mean, it's still pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the, the Boston affiliation and I mean, prior to 2004 Greenville, I mean, you're in South Carolina, so it's Braves country, but Greenville had the, the double-A affiliate of the Braves yeah. um, for 20-plus years. And um, the, the Braves left town and, and ended, up, ended up in Pearl, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from there, the ownership group of the Capital City Bombers brought the uh, that were in Columbia, South Carolina, brought oh. the team yeah. to Greenville. They played one season in the old uh, Greenville Braves Stadium before they built the, the miniature Fenway. Nice. Um, but it was there in that 05-06 transition era that became affiliated with the, the Red Sox. And uh, from there, it's, I mean, it's kind of difficult to imagine the the drive not being an affiliate of the Red Sox having, right. you know, the, I mean, field dimensions are the exact same as Fenway and, and you've got the Green Monster and, all of that so it's kind of hard not to imagine it being a a red sox affiliate yeah yeah that's awesome 
Um, yeah, I haven't worked with. I guess the the Shorebirds were were have been a very long term affiliate of the Orioles. I guess they did do um sure. one season with the Expos, um, but then after that, um, they went straight to the Orioles and been that ever since. But but yeah, that's, that's awesome that that partnership is so strong for sure. Um, sure. So you're in charge of like the in-game promotions and that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, you know, was part of the, part of that in, and really everywhere I, I stopped in my career, but what is the cool, what are the coolest in-game promotions that you have done personally? You sent me this question and I have had the most difficult time trying to <laughs> just think of like, Oh, what are the coolest promotions we've done? Um, and that's not to say that we haven't done any like great cool promotions that's mm-hmm. more of just like which ones really stand out to me because from my perspective in scheduling and planning all the promotions i i mean honestly i think everything's cool or else <laughs> i wouldn't want to do it right you know? so <laughs> that that's kind of where i'm like I, i'm stumped but um you know i was talking to my wife about this last night because she's at games all of the time and I'm like what do you think is really cool just from a you know seeing it from an outsider's perspective and we always have a um, every year we have done a promotion with Greenville Spartanburg International Airport okay um, and so in previous years it's been basically a home run derby uh, of sorts and uh, it was every Friday night we would have a different con- every Friday home game would have a different contestant um come out they'd hit from the same spot and just see how many uh wiffle balls they could hit over the outfield wall basically from standing in right field okay and um at the end of the season the last friday night game we would have we would have the top three come back and back-to-back inning breaks they would hit to see who could hit the most again nice the winner of that would go home with two free tickets on one of the airlines that uh, GSP was wanting to feature that season. So, right. you know, being able to like give away a trip to, to somebody um, really, cool. I mean, that's kind of, uh, that's really cool if, from my standpoint, because then I get to go to the person like, Hey, congratulations. You just won trip to destination. Yeah. Um, so, cool. you know, any promotions we do like that. And this year, the airport actually kind of switched that up to more of just a trivia instead of um, instead of a home run derby. So it wasn't necessarily as interactive, but it was still at the end of the, the night, the person that got the most trivia questions correct would end up going home with a trip. And we ended up giving away 10 trips to one of three Florida destinations this year. So that, nice. you know, that airport promotion, working with our, our partners and our sponsors, being able to give away big prizes like that yeah. are, are always some of the coolest promotions for me. Some of the coolest, uh, it's some of the most rewarding for me as well, just to be able to see the looks on people's faces of, Oh my gosh, I actually like, this is for real. This isn't just something you made up just to get us to play the game. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We had a similar promotion in Wisconsin, and it was it 
the prize was actually a new car and and I believe it was like um I want to say it was like a Ford Taurus or something like that you know like sure. not something super glamorous but like a free right. car is a free car um and it was so they had to hit a home run from home plate with a real ball from an off of a tee and so the guy like the guys on the team were like you know that's pretty darn near impossible like um right and they would do it like after batting practice and stuff like that to see if they could do it and and a few of them could a few of them could but it takes a lot of torque to get it from a ball that's like literally not moving off off of a tee to hit a home run um but there there was a guy that came darn close um and he was a d1 college baseball player and i was like I said to like our on-field MC, I was like, "Really, you're gonna pick this guy?" And, like he, like he was was like physically in shape, like, and I was like, right. "This this guy might do it." And you you got three ch- you got three chances, and um, so I remember the last time he hit it off of the wall, um, but that was oh, that was man. the closest we ever got to somebody winning that car. Um, so wow. so yeah. Um, any other cool in-game promotions that you can think of that you guys do? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think, you know, we we have done, and, and we, we haven't done any in a while, but we have done uh, a couple of, like, military homecomings as part of Ooh. games. Um, so those are always really special, yeah. um, really cool. Uh, we did one where... Um, we actually had, it wasn't in-game, it was pre-game, but we had a, um, uh, um, uh, an army, I think it was in the army. Um, he, he had just gotten home the night before and he was wanting to surprise his wife and kids. Um, and so we had him actually dress up as a catcher to catch the ceremonial first pitch that we had his kids throwing out and just kind of. Uh, it was like right around the fourth, so yeah. it was just kind of like, "Hey, you were randomly selected by you know somebody nominated you to throw out the first pitch, so let's get you out here." And then Dad didn't even notice Dad with the catcher's mask on, and then he took off the mask, and oh, so man. you know things like that are, are very, I mean, they're super cool. Um, we've done it where the kids have done like a dizzy bat race before, and oh, here comes dad out at the other, at the finish line or whatever. So yeah, you know, military homecomings, always really cool, yeah. always super special. Um, we've done engagements, uh, and personally, I hate engagements that take place like that are just super public like that. Right. But I, I also don't ever want to like, be the one that lets a guy down like no you can't propose to your girlfriend right so i'm I'm gonna be like yeah you can do it but here's how we're gonna do it i'm gonna tell you how it's gonna happen if you want to do it here so you know those are at in the moment i kind of hate it but in the end it's i mean obviously it's super special for them that's really cool and crowds typically get into it anyway so yeah with the military homecomings you can't you can't go wrong with those there's not a dry eye right. in the in the place. 
So um, those are those are always so awesome. But right. yeah, uh, the the um, the engagements. Have you ever have you ever been a part of the engagement where like the the girl says no? We have not, thankfully. Um, every every once in a while, we're like, oh my gosh, I hope it happens, but we we have not had that yet. Yeah, yeah, I I did see one of those. That was not ideal, obviously. <laughs> but um, so I know that you also are in charge of some staffing. I would imagine the press box, maybe game day staff. I'm not, uh, you know, as far as like promos and stuff like that. But what's the worst excuse a game day staff <sighs> member has ever used to call out of work? Um. Yes. <laughs> This is a uh, this is a good one. So I've got a guy that um, so I'm in charge of um, all of our uh, our production, in game production, and in game entertainment. So I staff typically 15 to 18 people a night, depending. Right. Um, and that's throughout the that's our our camera ops, technical director, replay op, graphic operator, video board, MC. PA, promo team, mascot, audio, everything. Okay. So we, uh, I have a DJ that, that works for me, um, and he DJs at his church as well, or, or does audio work at his church. Yeah. And so he never works Sundays and Wednesdays because of that. Okay. Completely fine with me, completely cool, I get it. Yep. He was scheduled for a Tuesday night, and I texted him, probably 15 minutes before first pitch and was like hey man are you on your way you're just running late forget to tell me you weren't coming anything like that <laughs> and uh he texts me back and said i don't work on wednesdays and i was like yeah i know you don't work on wednesdays but it's, it's tuesday, tuesday yeah. so i need you to get here and he i mean i i threw this guy for a loop because he seriously thought it was wednesday he was on his way to church <laughs> and uh so i mean that's that is probably the best excuse that anybody's ever given me most of the time i typically get the family emergency stuff like that yeah really there's nothing i can say about that you know no. i mean it's uh, um but uh, we're also talking about the same guy that he tells me he doesn't work on wednesdays when it's tuesday so he has to scramble and get there in time but he also tells me that his car broke down but then when he gets to work, he, you know, this is separate occasion. He gets to work. He's got, you know, a, a full plate of Zaxby's in front of him or something <laughs> like that. It's like, did your car break down or did you just get caught up in the drive? Right, so, right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he, he you know, we, I love to give him help, but he's also one of the best guys that works for me. So it, it's difficult to give him too much help because it's like right. you – you get your job done. You're you're typically here ninety nine percent of the time when you're asked to be. So yeah, um, let's go back to Zaxby's for for a second. <laughs> I've sure. I've never had Zaxby's, but I see the commercials every every once in a blue moon, and I'm like that always throws me for a loop because I'm like, why are they showing this commercial? Is there one within driving distance? Because and then I looked it up. There's absolutely not. Um, but. <laughs> Everybody, you know, I, I know a decent amount of people that are from the South or live in the South now, and everybody tells me that Zaxby's is the real deal. Um, 
So I, I what are what are your thoughts on it? Like, is it better than, you know? I I am going to pick Chick Fil A every day of the week. Um, I Chick Fil A for me is the end all be all go to. I've got the points racked up on the app. You know, I, I, like I could eat free Chick Fil A just from the amount of points I have on the app for the next. 35 days straight or whatever so that's awesome if i wanted to um, yeah zaxby's is zaxby's isn't my favorite um the the chicken is a little bit different it's it's uh it's not as really uh i think chick-fil-a really has like the most tender chicken that i have ever eaten from okay. a fast food restaurant right um zaxby's is not as tender you know, if you get tossed wings or whatever, sometimes they're not saucy enough. Like you'll have one or two, they're just dry and there's really a lot of inconsistency. Um, okay. but there are a ton of people, you're right. There are a ton of people in the South that love Zaxby's. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't know. I, I gotta try it one of these days. Do you have any wild, crazy tarp stories? This is the Pulling Tarp Podcast. Personally, I do not. Um, We've got a guy that works with us, um, which I think also would be a great great guest on our podcast sometime just because of this story. But he um, is our director of video production. So he he and I work hand in hand. Every single game, we're in the same department. We sit across from each other. Um, but uh, in 2018, it was both of our first years working full time okay. to drive. Yeah. And uh, we host the Southern Conference baseball tournament at the end of May every year. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually on the end of the tarp uh, at the corner closest to home plate. And we're pulling the tarp. We get all the way across the field, and I see everybody down the line from me just holding the tarp up. Like, and it's kind of a windy day, you know, pouring down rain. It's windy, and I'm sitting there like trying to tell people, "No, keep the like keep the tarp down. Mm-hmm. It's gonna blow away if you keep it held up." Yeah, and they're like, "No, Lance is under the tarp." Oh gosh! <laughs> and I was like, "Are you? You've got to be kidding me!" So sure enough. My guy gets to the way we pull the tarp out. There's a little bit of a a, um, a jolt or a little bit of a, a a jerk back. Yeah. Once we get it mid across the infield, mm-hmm. and he did not. He wasn't prepared for it. Um, <sighs> so he's going, and then he just falls underneath the tarp. And you know, I, I mean, at that point, there's really nothing you can do. You just got to keep putting the tarp on, or else you lose the momentum you have. Yep. So poor guy had to crawl out from under the tarp and um, ended up, since it was uh, being broadcast on the SoCon Digital Network, he ended up getting interviewed uh, on the Man. the broadcast and 
Uh, we still laugh about it to this day with all the folks from the SoCon when they're in town. Uh, <laughs> poor guy is uh, never going to live that down. No. But, uh, that's really, I mean, that's the craziest thing I've ever been a part of uh, on a tarp. Okay. For the most part, we, I mean, our head grounds guy, Greg, he gets us out there. And we're practicing before the season even starts, just kind of getting it on and off just to see how fast we can do it and how efficiently we can do it and all of that. So it's a pretty smooth operation, but uh, there there are a couple of hiccups every once in a while, and that was that's the craziest I've ever been a part of. Yeah, you hate you hate to hear about those catastrophes, <laughs> but hey, um, it happens to the best of us. I don't think I ever got underneath the tarp, but I did, you know, I have fallen a couple times, but... Um, what's it, what's your go-to tarp pulling like outfit? Like, what do you wear for shoes? Old old sneakers? Are you a boots person? Are you a um, are you a barefoot person? So it's you know if it's a planned tarp pull uh, where we we come in that morning and it's like hey we've got rain coming let's like we're gonna put the tarp on tomorrow morning or whatever yeah um, then you know it's typically. If it's dry, it's typically just tennis shoes, old old pair of tennis shoes if I've got them. Yeah. Uh, people always say, oh, keep an old pair of tennis shoes at your desk when you work in minor league baseball. But, um, so I've got that. A lot of times, um, if it's in-game and it's just kind of on the fly, I'm just out there in my khakis polo and you know, nice pair of tennis shoes, which end up typically coming off and I'm going barefoot or, or something like Ooh, that. Man. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, those, those on the fly tarp pulls, at least for me, um, are for me and, and, you know, Lance and, and some other guys within my department are very, uh, we're still out there and what we were to work that day. Yep. Um, uh, we do kind of get a heads up like, Hey, we've got rain coming, but, right. um, you know, the sell our sales team, they typically have a chance to get changed into some jump shorts and whatever but um yeah i, I guess my go-to is just whatever i'm whatever, whatever I have you're wearing uh, okay uh, i cannot tell you how many pairs of khakis and polos have been through a, a torrential downpour before yeah yeah that's that's a shame not even khaki shorts you're talking khaki pants. yeah the, the, the pants oh yeah. man goodness gracious that i i under i have had to do that a, a handful of times Usually I get enough, you know, I, I'll take my, um, you know, because I worked in the press box, the prime, the most of my careers was was in a press box, and uh, I would take my gym shorts up there, and I would I would change, like, in the corner of the press box, you know, but... Sure. Um, man, that really stinks. So, so many lost <laughs> khakis, it seems. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Um, so, obviously, minor league baseball... It, has some of the best fans in the world, but there there's some strange ones out there too. So, uh, what's the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan? Gosh, um, weirdest, I would say. Looking looking back on it, it's not really as weird now. But we have a season ticket holder that quote-unquote, play Santa for us, uh, ever, for, for those folks in the front office that he likes. Okay. Um, 
And so he randomly showed up my first year full-time. He randomly showed up to the, the front office and he just brings bottles of liquor and stuff like that. And just like, okay. here you go, Alex, have to, like Merry Christmas or whatever. And it's like, thanks, Bob. I appreciate this. <laughs> this is kind of weird. But, you know, now that I'm four years in and this has happened four years, it's like, it's not as weird. But that was really just kind of like, oh, this is super weird for you. Like, yeah, we interact at games a little bit. But, um, I mean, weird in game. I, I've had some people that, you know, are just dollar drink nights. They'll come up to me and they're like, we're standing right outside a bathroom. Where's the bathroom? I got to go take a piss or whatever. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's right behind like, you. Like, look, you know, I mean, it's, it's always on the dollar drink nights when, when you get the, the real weird, crazy folks. Um, there's always the, especially this year, there's the, the chirpers that, just start cussing players out and just some of the most vulgar things you've ever heard. And that's not really as weird as it is just rude and disrespectful and, Hey, you got to get out of here. And then those interactions are always fun, but yeah, (laughs) that's, that's funny. (laughs) Obviously minor league baseball is the constant joke is like other duties as assigned, right? Like you never know what you're going to encounter working in minor league baseball. So, uh, what is the most other duties as a sign moment in your minor league baseball career? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple. All right. Um, so I am at my position, game entertainment, I'm in charge of scheduling mascots. Um, so, and I think you know where this one's going, but, mm. uh, anytime we don't have, a mascot or any, or anytime we don't have someone to fill that suit, uh, it's typically kind of comes back to me to fill the suit. And, um, that's, you know, I I grew up, uh, in theater and I grew up, you know, so really does not bother me at all to get out in front of folks and act a fool of myself, anything like that. But that's just kind of one of those things like, Oh, it's game five of a seven game homestand. And, we need you to fill the mascot suit that hasn't been washed in four days or whatever. And so that's kind of one of those, like, yeah, I, I get it. It kind of falls in that other duties as a side uh, category, but that's one of the, that's one of the workers, I think. Um, yeah. But then we, we, we also, we're also um, constantly hosting events of any kind. And so, you know, it's it's not structured into the contract that you signed when you first um, first joined the team or anything, but it's it's there in that other duties as a sign of hey, we need to lay some plywood on the field so this truck can drive on the field or, or something like that. And um, we actually just had uh, we host a veterans concert every year um, the Sunday before Veterans Day, so we just did that yesterday. Okay. And that's one of those, um, you know, if you're there all day, which thankfully for me, I, I'm really never there all day. But if you are there all day, you're there at seven o'clock in the morning, laying down plywood, getting the trucks in, setting stages up, rolling out mm-hmm. the ink and mat on the field, and setting up ropes and 
barriers and bike fencing and all of that. And then you're there throughout the concert that evening. And then, you know, we didn't leave out of there until 10 o'clock last night. So it, it, it makes for a long day. And so that's another one of those, like, it doesn't say in your contract, Hey, you're going to have to lay plywood out. It's just right. in there as other duties as a sign. Let's carry pieces of plywood, set it down. Truck drives over it, pick it up, move it to the front of the truck again. So. Yep. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, so what's the strangest thing, like some, some weird, something that weird that came about like during a game that you've had to assist with? The most of the time, I don't have to worry about stuff like that. Okay. Um, the the you know, from my perspective, it it's always kind of funny because whenever superstars comes in or some a, a national act, I'm typically the one out there assisting them with that. So, okay, you know, the superstars act where. Um, I can't remember the the character's name, but where he eats the the grounds guy, yeah, and then spits out the clothes. I'm the one running out there gathering up the the guy's clothes. That okay, he just took out, took off, and, and getting them off the field. So that's kind of always, you know, like oh, that guy has to go out there and pick up all the clothes. But, yeah, um, there's that, and then this past season we had there was. And I don't know if it was a glitch in the system or operator error or something like that, but um, we had uh, an, an error a couple of times where um, uh, season ticket holder seats would get double sold on a night. Ooh, and okay. so, you know, typically you're walking the concourse, you've got the name tag on, you're wearing the polo, khakis, got the radio on people are stopping you if they have any kind of issues. So yep. that was, that was one of the like weird ones that I had to just kind of help calm the person down until somebody that knew more about the situation could get there Okay, this year, which was, it's always kind of weird and, and strange when something like that happens where this guy literally full season ticket holder has that seat every single game. And Oh, there's somebody in your seat. They yeah. both have the same ticket for the same game. That's crazy. So that, yeah, yeah, that's difficult. That's difficult for sure. Oh, <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, so we talked about in-game promotions earlier, but I know you oversee a lot of like the the game day like promotions, like whether that's I don't know, man, like fireworks or Star Wars night or a bobblehead giveaway. Um, but what's the best and worst promotion that you've been a part of? Not to sound like a cop out, but I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned fireworks. Fireworks are always, I mean, Friday, we, we do Friday night fireworks every Friday home game. So those are some of our biggest selling games. Um, you know, national acts are, Again, just some of our, our best promotions we do. Um, we've really, within the last two or three seasons, have really gotten into bobblehead giveaways. Okay. Um, we, we as an organization didn't really do that much prior to really uh, 2019. And then um, with some new Marvel Knight things with 
minor league baseball and major league baseball, yeah. um, being able to have a bobblehead tie into that. And this year we uh, did a bobblehead of our head head groundskeeper, um, and, and he has had over the course of his tenure with the drive, he's had three dogs. Uh, oh out yeah, there I did the see past that. Sixteen years, so uh, bobblehead of him with his three dogs in front of him. So, I mean, that was a, a hit, and people were coming up to him post-game wanting him to sign the box and stuff like <laughs> that. So, you know, bobbleheads are always a, a big promotion. I, we have had some national lags come in that have really just kind of been flops. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really one of those where it's like, all right, we, we tested you out for a year, and we're just – we're not even going to give you a call back next year. Yeah. Um, so I, I would think that I don't, I've not necessarily seen in the last four years, a, uh, a just an overall terrible promotion that, that I would label as the worst um, outside of just a national lag that doesn't sell as many tickets sure. as, as we would like it to, or, or a national lag that we kind of, once it's said and done with, you know, I get an email or two of, oh, we didn't really enjoy this as much as we had hoped or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, we've we've definitely had a couple of those. I I thought the human cannonball was really cool, um, <laughs> but it, it just didn't sell the tickets. I don't know. Sure. I don't know what it was. Um, There's some other things that I... But that was that was that one I can remember. You know, as far as like a national act went, that that kind of flopped. Um, but, sure. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, uh, where can the listeners find you on social media and engage with you? Yeah. So I uh, I'm very simple. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter are at a guest five one nine. So that's. Uh, that that's the best way. Um, I, I'm not uh, not as active on Instagram as much as it is. Just uh, took a pretty picture today. Check this out. Um, but you know, like you mentioned early on, I am very active on Twitter. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just talking about how shitty my fantasy football team is, or yeah. you know, predicting the Braves winning the series five years hey. ago, or, or whatever. So. Um, I, I tend to speak my mind on Twitter a, a good bit. Um, I definitely, uh, I'm not afraid to go out there and I will, I will tag the heck out of some people like, Hey, you <laughs> suck or whatever. So, um, I, I'm not afraid to do it. And most of the time I get no reaction whatsoever. And I get like one like, maybe one retweet. So, there you go. um, you know, like got 600 people that follow me and, and I get one like out of something. So, Hey, so. it's okay. It's okay. Um, oh, yeah. but so I know you've listened to some other episodes, uh, during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk up song and whose was it? Um, so I would say, this one I had to think about a good bit, but I have had, you know, every player that's come through Greenville in my time here, I have some kind of connection with somehow, right. whether it was, um, you know, just hanging out and pregame 
or something like that or post game like hey great game you know high fives whatever and guys start following you on social media you start following them on social media and all of that but right uh there's been one player in my entire time at greenville that um really just so down to earth and so just always willing to do community appearances and anything like that and it's devlin granberg um who he's up in in double finished this year uh up in double a okay um, but he uh he had a walk-up song that uh it's called the lion and the lamb um and it's a devlin is a, a huge christian uh very he's not on social media or anything like that but he is just very you know always has a bible verse in his pocket or something like that okay um I jokingly said to him pregame one day, hey, man, that's a really cool bat. Let me get it from you. Just jokingly, you know, wasn't going to – that was all. I do that with all the guys all the time. I'm like, hey, man, I really like that bat. Let me get it from you. <laughs> and uh, he he looked at me and he said, all right, come find me postgame. And I thought he was just joking around. You know, I didn't pursue him out. And – I was down in our promo area post-game kind of getting the mascot suit cleaned up and stuff like that. And he sees me on his way to the clubhouse and hands me his bat. And he's like, here you go, man. And I was like, Jeez. you've got to be like, you know, I was just kidding with you, right? Yeah. He said, yeah, I mean, no, like, keep it. It's yours. And, like, he had his family in town, I think, you know, cousins or whatever that easily could have given them his bat or whatever. And, and he's, I mean... He's just a, a really cool all-out guy, really down to earth, and so I've got that bat. It's actually uh, in a display case there you um, go. Uh, on the wall in my office. But it's uh, that that one song, uh, "Lion and the Lamb." He had it perfectly timed up where it would start out and it was just kind of slow, and then as soon as he got the home plate and got in that batter's box, it would get into the the like the beat would drop and. So that's always just like, oh, that's a super cool song for a super cool guy. And nice. I mean, just all out, like, pretty awesome. So. Cool. I'll, uh, we'll ride out with that song, and I'll put it on the Pulling Tart Podcast walk-up playlist on Spotify. Um, so you can you guys can listen to that. Um, and, um, yeah, Alex, thank you so much for, no, no pun intended, being a great guest. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I, you, I, I feel like you've gotten that quite a bit in, in your career, so. Uh. Yeah, it, it, I mean, funny story on that, while, while we're on the topic, yeah. I mean, we, it, it's always fun to try to make dinner reservations with the last name guest. Um, I'm sure. You know, you're, whether you are in the restaurant and you have to be put on a wait list where you call on the phone and it's like, oh, what's the name? Guest. And then they're, you know, they don't hear you right, so they think you won't, you want them to guess your last name. Right. Or so most of the time, I've just gotten to the point of, oh, what's the name? Guest. G U E S T. And just spell it out for them. Um, my brother has this thing that he does. He's like guest, like a guest in your home. That's his kind of okay uh, cliche that he goes to. So it's. We, we all kind of have our, our own things, but it's uh, it's 
always fun trying to make reservations anywhere with oh, that last name. But I'm sure it's a, it's a pretty cool last name. People are like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, the, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening um, to come on the Pulling Tart Podcast. Really appreciate it, Alex. And uh, best of luck this off season. And um, yeah, just keep killing it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. In the new podcast, Reformation Abroad, you get immersed in the story of a prison crew in outer space on a work release program. But once the crew discovers a dark secret, they find that their lives may be in danger. Here's a quick taste of Reformation Abroad. This is Chief Engineer Kowalski. The Abari requests immediate assistance at X-Ray Tango Echo-499. Come on! We have to go now! Hello, Team Lead. Please call me King. King ran the biggest crew in Cook County Jail. Going after that ship was a total mistake. This is the official statement, and you will do well to stick to it. I'm gonna leave you all in five if you don't get back to the pod. Gonna kill us all! Cam, I think we've got bigger problems right now. We are a voice in the darkness. The only hope out here on the sideline. How did this get so out of hand? Let this horse run. Guys, I really don't think this is a good idea! Check out Reformation Abroad, a fun, immersive science fiction audio drama wherever you listen to podcasts.